Let's just pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we do receive that word tonight, God, and we just ask that the wisdom and favor to walk the path that you have had us walk in, uh, in the, here at Keystone Church and the lives that are affected and the lives that will be affected by the ministry that you have put in the hearts of your people. Lord, we are becoming love. We're becoming love on the planet. We're becoming love to those who seem to be unlovable, and yet they are transformed by your love. So, Father, tonight as we, again, talk about true freedom in you, I pray that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds to the Holy Spirit tonight, and that we would hear wonderful things out of your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Wow, is that a new song, people? That was, ah, I just love it, man. That was great. That was awesome. All right, well, um, again, summer's upon us, as you can tell, by the many blue chairs that are not butt-filled, so that's okay. Uh, we will continue just our uh, series here on freedom, true freedom, and um, just give you some quick background. Throw up on the verse tonight, guys, the Galatians 5, 13 through 14, and uh, we'll read that to start off tonight. And this is really a powerful scripture. You want to get this in your spirit. You want to get this in your mind. Meditate on this this week. Um, because this is really the purpose of uh, our lives. And it says in verse 13, Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another. Isn't that good? We become completely free of self-indulgence so that we can become servants of one another. Remember what Jesus said. He became a servant. He took on the form of a servant. That was the highest calling. So that we could serve one another. For, um, sorry, expressing love in all that we do. For love completes the laws of God. Let that sink in. Love completes, finishes, wraps up all the laws of God. All of the law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor, even as you care and love yourself. Father, you know best what we need. You have put it in our hearts to be loved so that we can show this love to others. We want and have encountered your love tonight through worship and prophetic word and through the Holy Spirit touching our hearts. We want to engage in that love with our worship back to you. There are so many people that need to experience this love, and we know that you have chosen us, which is mind-blowing, to express that to each other, our city, and our world. Tonight, we want to continue to live in that love, Father, and allow your love to change us to reflect more and more of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray tonight that your people, all of us who have gathered here tonight to encounter your love will be transformed by it. We love you and we love one another because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. Freedom um, is not independence, right? We talked about that and, and I, a quick um, review Last week, we talked about the dependent voice, that, that voice that says, um, I can't do anything. I'm a victim. Nobody lets me do anything, and I can't do anything unless you do something for me. It really becomes that victim mentality, the very dependent, very, very unhealthy place to be 
And freedom says, I want to release you from that. Tonight, I want to talk about the second voice that we can kind of fall into, and that's the codependent voice, this codependency. Now, this is the politician mentality, if you remember from last week. The voice that says, I won't do anything unless you do something for me. So the first voice is, I can't do anything because you won't. The second one is, I won't because you don't. Right? So this is kind of the, the politician sort of, if you do something for me, I'll do something for you. But we know that true freedom is found in Jesus. True freedom doesn't come in the form of independence like we've learned last week. Nothing is truly independent in and of itself. Nothing. Nothing is independent of itself. I was uh, out watering our uh, little hanging plants today. And I thought, man, these plants are dependent. They're dependent on me to rain or, or for, to water them. And then I began to think the, the joy and the beauty that they reflect back of God's creation to me. I'm like, well, they're really not independent. They're not dependent or codependent. They're interdependent. They operate in a, in a way that, yes, I bring something to them, but yes, they bring something to me. They reflect the beautiful character of God. They reflect places for birds to nest in. They reflect places for bees to, you know, buzz around and get whatever they need. So there is nothing truly independent in this world. It's a hard thing for us as Americans to get through our heads, especially just this month celebrating Independence Day. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Like, if we were truly independent, we wouldn't have needed the French. I mean, I'm just saying. That was kind of funny, wasn't it? No, I guess not. Wow. All right. Did I offend all the French people? We don't have any French people. All right. So we walk through the three voices that we tend to hear. Catch this. When we live apart from true freedom, right? The first one is dependence, codependence, and independence. And what we're trying to get to is interdependence. Interdependence is really the pinnacle of where we need to be in freedom in Jesus. But these other three voices can generally take over a lot of our mind space. So tonight we move to the second voice, codependency. I said this earlier, but just to reiterate, this is the politician's voice, the deal maker, and I'll even say the manipulator. This voice tends to happen when we're still based in fear and we can't take responsibility for our own actions or decisions. Come on. When codependence voice is ringing in our heads, it's generally always based in fear because we're afraid of making decisions without sort of hedging our bet. We want to make sure that we're making all the right moves, and so we make sure that we manipulate people into doing things that we need them to do so that we can do things that we were meant to do. Back in my day, we used to have Avon sales ladies. Anybody remember that? No? Oh, you do? Yeah, okay. Uh, so Avon sales ladies, and my mom would always make the comment, oh, my God, here comes Margie. She's an Avon agent. And what it meant basically was I don't want to talk to her because all she's going to want to do is try and sell me Avon. And we've seen that today, right? Many multi-level marketers are like, oh, God, here he comes. He's going to sell me some juju juice, and, and I just can't hear a spiel anymore, right? Or the other day, we were at a, at a restaurant, and a Mary Kay dealer stopped and talked to my daughter and wife about how beautiful they were. And, she, and then she went on this long spiel about Mary Kay and how great it was. And Teresa's like, yeah, thanks. I'm good. I use Merle Norman or, you know, whatever that means. I always thought that was a guy. I thought, is it a guy? It's not a, it's not a guy. I thought... She goes, I'm going to Merle Norman to get uh, makeup. I'm like, isn't that like a guy store? Merle Norman? I mean, it's like two. Anyway, whatever. So that's the manipulator, right? You always know they always have to want something 
in return for their love, for their service, for their gifts. There's, this is the way to say it. There's always strings attached with a codependent person. There's always strings attached. You know that they're going to want something in return for what you are about to do for them or what they want you to do for them. I love this quote from Catherine and David. They use this in their counseling and, and also with their kiddos. They say, you can clean or you can make the mess, but you're also responsible for cleaning up the mess. And so codependent people usually like to blame others for their mess. They're making the mess, but they'll blame others for the mess. They'll blame others for not following through. They'll blame others for not doing their job. They'll, do, they'll blame others for not being the person they said they should be. Is this tracking with you? And we see that a lot. We see codependent people need others to get stuff accomplished, but it's in an unhealthy way. It's very manipulative, and it's always based in fear. So last week, we talked about the dude sitting by the pool of Bethesda, right? Is the guy is completely dependent. Oh, I can't get in the pool because, you know, whatever. We talked about that last week. Tonight, I want to just jump a little bit over to the Old Testament in Judges. Judges chapter 6, we find the familiar story of where Gideon began his career as a judge over Israel. You guys are very familiar with this story. It's one that we tend to think of in a good way. And many times we model his way of thinking as our responses to God's commands. Come on. Gideon was actually a very unhealthy, codependent person. We see that later in his life when he just sort of all fell apart and all hell broke loose and he was on fire beginning. But codependent people generally are always having strings attached to the things that they're supposed to do. So you guys know the story, right? Gideon hears the word of the Lord. I mean, not even hears it, like physically sees an angel. Right? He's in his face. How much clearer can that get? And, and God is so patient, right? So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we do like, oh, you know, you guys are all bad because you're codependent. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, especially about Gideon's story, is he saw physical evidence of God's command to judge Israel, to lead Israel out of bondage from the Midianites, right? I'm thinking, I don't know, but I'm thinking, if I see a dude drop down from heaven... I'm going to believe it. But Gideon, codependency, you can start to see the fear rule in his life. And the Bible says that Gideon was very fearful. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. It was like the wrong place, wrong time, in the wrong atmosphere because he didn't want his wheat to be stolen. Very fearful, fear-driven. Codependent people that are not truly free are generally ruled by fear. And, of course, you guys know the story, right? Lays out a fleece. Okay, here's the deal. If it's wet and it's dry and it's this and it doesn't mold and whatever, and it comes back. And finally, after a series of codependent acts, Gideon goes through with the mission. Now, I want us just to make sure that we don't take some of the stories that we hear in the Old Testament and model our new covenant lives after them. Does that make sense? I love this quote from Bob Goff. He said, God, isn't, God doesn't mind that you're waiting for confirmation he just hopes you don't get stuck there. God doesn't mind that you're waiting for confirmation. That's okay. There's good counsel, right? If you're making a big decision, good, get good counsel. That's, that's a Proverbs. That's, a, that's the wisest dude outside of Jesus that walked the planet. So there's good counsel, but it's, it's not this codependent, well, if you do this, then I can do this, and if you do that, then I can do this, or if you do this for me, then I'll do something, right? It's, it, again, it's, a, it's hedging your actions. 
making sure, because we're so based in fear, that when we make a mistake, it's either blame somebody else, manipulate somebody else, because we're so afraid to take responsibility ourselves. Many times we do act like Gideon. I'm sure we've done this. I've done this. Okay, so if this happens, then that'll happen. I remember Teresa and I were really struggling financially, and I just would pray every time I'd walk out to the mailbox, uh, oh, God, there's got to be a check in here. There's just a check. A check from who? A check for what? You're not doing anything. You're just, you're just sitting on your couch praying, oh, God, please send me a check. Right, because you hear one story about some dude who gave you 10 grand, and that's going to happen to you. I promise you, God doesn't do that all the time, or very often even. We become codependent, and, and, it, and it actually paralyzes us from any kind of action at all. When you're codependent, you begin to seek out people who are sort of codependent as well, because codependent people need codependent people. People who seek out drama all the time, they're codependent on drama. People who seek out divis, uh, div, divisiveness and and and. Other issues are codependent in that world. Many times we're like Gideon. We want to make sure that we hear. And there's nothing wrong with it, by the way. Give me a hard time. Are you? I want to make sure, right? I green light God. Did you hear me? Jesus is green lights. Go. And if you screw up, I'll make an adjustment, right? The, the, the verse has been ringing in my uh, the story's been ringing in my head the last few months is Peter getting out of the boat and Jesus saying, come join me. What? I mean, that three words can transform your life into freedom. Come join me. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah! I know everything about boats and I know nothing about walking on water. That sounds like an adventure. Come join me. But we do act like Gideon and we want to make deals with God. Anybody guilty? <laughs> Thank you, Greg. You and I are guilty. There you go. We want to make deals with God. We want to, we want to, we want to hedge our own fears when we've clearly heard the already said. We want to hedge our own fears and our own paralysis when we've already, when we, when we already know the heart of God. We already know what He wants us to do. We already know what He's called you to do. We want to listen to the codependent voice, and we don't trust what he said and what he's told us. Again, this is still rooted in fear. And watch this. Whose first cousin is control. Fear's first cousin is control. If you're rooted in fear, then you want to control. Codependent voices want to control situations. Again, I'll use the word manipulation. I know that's a strong, harsh word, but it's true. Codependent people manipulate others around them to get something that they need that you'll never be able to fill without the freedom that Jesus brings. Freedom is the only way. Freedom in Jesus is the only way to get rid of this voice. So again, this is some, the voice that says, I won't do anything unless someone else does something for me. When we take this posture... We are putting others and ourselves in the position of blame. Come on. When we listen to the codependent voice and we're not operating in true Christ-like freedom, we're posturing ourselves and others 
for complete blame. There's no winning in this situation, right? I'm sure you guys know codependent people, right? They're just, they're codependent on something, someone, they're manipulative, they're filled with fear, they want to control everything. But there's nothing, there's no self-responsibility in codependency. The codependent voice has no self-responsibility. It has no, like, oh, I screwed up. Let me clean that mess up. I made that mess. I need to clean that up. You tracking with me? If we listen to the codependent voice, like I said earlier, we tend to hedge our actions. We hedge our bets, so to speak. We want to make sure that we're going to come out on top. We want to make sure that we're not going to lose. We want to make sure that we're going to be safe. Can I just tell you, Jesus has not called us to a safe life. Jesus has called us to an adventure. Jesus has called us to dangerous living. Jesus says, come join me. And I'm walking on the freaking water. Come join me. Come do what I'm doing. Codependent people like to have their own agenda. They don't like to listen to counsel. They don't like to listen to other voices. They, they are proud and they're filled with fear, as I said. We want to make sure that a uh, codependent voice wants to make sure that there's a safe landing zone in case the decisions that we make are wrong. Many times this voice is a result of being so afraid to fail that we look for others to blame when we do. Come on. Jesus wants to set us free from this. Jesus wants to set us free from this type of voice that's ringing in our head. They're so paralyzed by fear. This person who's listening to this voice. And again, if that's us tonight, we just say, God, give me freedom. Give me freedom from codependence. Give me freedom from this voice. I, oh my gosh, I never realized that I acted in that way. That I'm waiting for others. That I manipulate others to get my stuff done. That I, that I blame others when my stuff doesn't work. If that's, a, if that's you tonight, then just ask Holy Spirit, send freedom into my heart. Let me just encourage you in this. Failure... Failure is not the result. Get this in your spirit. Failure is not the result of one's character. Come on. Failure is not the result of one's character. It's an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to grow. It's, and, and by the way, pain is not God's punishment. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to learn. Is that good? So failure, don't, if you are a codependent type of person, failure, fear of failure can paralyze you to the point that you'll never be effective for anyone. And it's certainly not effective for yourself. I love that verse in Galatians again, when he said, love your neighbor as you love and care for yourself. Self-care. It's not, it's not a new age idea, by the way. That's Jesus' idea. That was like Holy Spirit's idea. Self-care. So failure is not the result of one's character. It's the result of one trying. Come on. Right? Failure is not the result of one's character. It's the result of one trying. True freedom releases us from fear, folks. I'm telling you. True freedom releases you from fear. We sing that, right? Freedom reigns in this place. And fear's got fear's got to go. Yeah, man. And then we walk out the door and we're freaking scared to death to make a decision, to take a risk, 
to come join him. True freedom is a result of being, watch this, transformed by the power of God's love. True freedom isn't something like you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the Christian Walmart and I'm going to go pick freedom off the shelf and $9.99, great. It's a price drop. I love it. Grab that. And then uh, while I'm there, I might as well get some courage. <laughs> while I'm there, I might as well get some, you know, humility and uh, check out $39.95. Man, great. I love Walmart. Swipe. I don't even have to talk to anybody. You go to an automatic zippity-doo line and out the door you go. That's not how freedom works. Freedom is perpetually worked on and worked in. It's so easy to fall back into bondage of codependency. It's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to forget who you really are in Christ. It's so easy, right? Right, guys? To jump in the old system. It's so easy to go to that old operating system. It's so easy to fly over there. But love is the switch. All you need to do is remember Love is the thing that transforms me into freedom. Freedom is the thing that reigns in my life. Freedom is something I've got to hold on to. It's something I've got to work at. It's something I've got to power through sometimes. Sometimes I've got to tell myself and convince myself I'm free. I'm not codependent. I'm not dependent. I'm not independent. I'm interdependent with him. That's freedom. Freedom is perpetually tilled up and nurtured. Freedom is perpetually worked on and worked in. So true freedom releases us from fear. And let me just say this. If you start to see some of those old systems rearing their head in your life, right? Power, religious power, economic power, and um, political power. The three ugly antichrist, trinity. And it's not forgiveness, peace, uh, forgiveness, peace, and love, Jeez, my, wow. the Holy Trinity, then check yourself. If fear starts to begin to creep back into your life, check yourself. And say, whoa, 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 did I open some doors? Did I open some doors in my mind? Did I open some doors in my heart? Did I open some spiritual doors that's allowing fear to creep back in and control my life? This is why people who are filled with fear want to control because fear is a controller. Fear controls, and so it comes out as control. You want to control relationships. You want to, you want to control outcomes. You want to control where, you know, every single thing of your life. It's got to be in control because fear is in control, and it comes out as control. So I'm going to encourage you tonight again. If those things are starting, just begin to till up the heart. Till the soil of your heart back up and just say, Father, where have I allowed fear to come in? Because I, I'm acting codependent again. I'm blaming others for my, my condition. I'm blaming others for my current state. I'm blaming others and I'm manipulating others again. I don't want to be the Avon sales lady. I don't want to be a Mary Kay lady. I want to be a cohort with you, Jesus, and I want people to see me and know that I love them with no strings attached. Come on. No strings attached. Again, another great Bob Goff quote. Love ceases to become love when it has an agenda. Love ceases to become love when it has an agenda. So we see that codependent people always have an agenda. Have you noticed that? The codependent people always have an agenda. They're always wanting something for you. They're your friend until you can't provide for them any longer. And they'll run to the next codependent person. Does this make sense? 
True freedom is a result of being transformed by the power of God's love and expressing that love to others. So let me just give you a little hint. When you're really, truly free, Galatians, is it still up there? You can throw that back up there. And when you're truly free, Galatians says you'll express that. Or they use the word demonstrate that love to your neighbor, even as you care and love for yourself. When you're free, and this is a great litmus test. When you're really operating in true freedom, it's easy to love. Come on. When you're really operating in freedom and you're in the Holy Trinity, it's easy to love, right? There's just not a lot of yuck in your heart. There's not a lot of angst. There's not a lot of anger. There's not a lot of fear. There's no fear because perfect love casts out fear. And in transforming love, we find freedom. So tonight, the challenge tonight is look at how you live your life. Think about it. Do I operate in this weird codependent state? Is, is your life based upon codependency? Do you make deals with people to get stuff done? Again, this is not, this is not interdependence. Because you, you're, you know, the codependent people are life suckers. They're not life givers. So you know when you're around them because you just feel like, oh, my God. I feel like this guy just sucked every life out of me, right? It's like a, a walking vampire. So look at your life. Is that me? Do I bring the best of me to conversations? Do people feel better when they meet with me or do they feel worse? Do I uplift and encourage people when they walk away? They're like, God, I can't wait to see him again. I can't wait to spend time with her again. Or do they walk away? Oh, my God, I hope she doesn't call. Are you tracking with me? It's hard. I know because it's, it's like, ooh, it, we, we all have been there. Again, I know that there are times when we need counsel. We are not in a good place. That's okay. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's perpetual. You're perpetually sucking the life out of someone else versus giving life. And I would challenge you in this. If you're in that space, that's okay. It's, it's okay. Let's say you walk away from a conversation and you're like, I just felt like I sucked everything out of you. Let me pray for you. Come on. I, the fastest way to fill an empty heart is to start giving your heart away. So tonight, look at that. Look in, your, look in the hallways of your heart. Look in the sock drawers. Look in the closets. Look around. Look in the backside. You don't want anybody to see. Do you get stuff done through making deals with people? Or are you confident in the voice that God states, watch this, I've put everything in you that you need to do what I've called you to do. Everything you need is already in you to do the very thing that I've called you to do. That is good news. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The Father's love transforms us this way. His powerful passion for you and I can lead us to interdependence. And we're going to crack that open in our final week. Now, this is the voice that says, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. This is the voice that says, come join me. One of my most favorite movies is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And I know I've referred to that quite a bit. And one of the things uh, in the scene there, uh, Walter's downstairs in the basement and he's looking for a little 
picture, right? The quintessence of life, they called it. And he's looking at the picture of Sean. Well, Sean Penn, but what's his name? I can't remember his name. It's Sean Penn. The guy, the guy Sean Penn plays. And Sean Penn's picture comes to life. Now, and I love, I love the whole scene. And maybe it just appeals to me. You know, Sean's got a, a bullet wound in his arm, and he's, and he's, you know, among all these crazy transient people. He's got a bandana on. He's got his camera around his neck. And all the picture does is this. Come. Come join me. And at that moment, Walter buys a ticket to Iceland or Finland or something and goes on this crazy, crazy adventure. His life was transformed. Watch this, you guys. His life was transformed because he learned interdependence. He, he was independent. His little world, his little gray box, he would make up things completely independent. And he was codependent. He was always waking, you know, just waiting for someone else to do something. His mom and his sister and what I was crazy. But he learned the power of interdependence. Come join me. That's what Jesus is asking us tonight. Come join me. You guys, I'm going to take you on the adventure of your life. Come join me. Lay aside everything that weighs you down. Come join me because you have everything you need to do what God has called you to do. It's already in you. Come join me. Now, when you get with Jesus, he's like, let's work together. Let me work some of that junk out of you so that you can run free. This is the best life. Why don't you stand with me tonight and we'll pray. Father, we want to express our love toward you for loving us so deeply and being so patient with us daily. So glad your mercies are new every day. Father, we want to move out of codependency and into the space of interdependence. We are actually in awe that you chose us to bring about your kingdom here on the planet. That blows our minds that you set it up this way, that we are little Christs, that we are reflections of Jesus. We pray tonight, Father, that we would begin to reject the voice of codependency, move toward this voice of interdependency with you, to cohort with you, to come join you and your mission and what you're doing. We love you tonight. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.